Hello everyone, welcome back to the Foundation Phase series of the Tar Heel Prescription, a student-run podcast here at the UNC School of Medicine. My name is Peter, and I'm one of your co-hosts. And my name is Anu, I'm one of your other co-hosts today. To our fellow MS2s, a huge congrats again. We made it through the NeuroBlock and are, crazily enough, halfway through this last semester of Foundation Phase, which is pretty wild. Up next, we have the Endocrine Block, and today we have the pleasure of hearing from our Endocrine Block directors. One of these voices might sound familiar to you all if you listened to the POM episode way back when. Dr. Moorfield, Dr. Jones, thank you both so much for being here. If you would, please tell us a little more about who you are and what you do here at UNC. So I am Emily Moorfield, and I am in the Department of Cell Biology and Physiology. In my role here, I am one of the Endocrine Block co-directors. I have also co-directed several of your other blocks, and I'm the Medical Science co-course director. So I get to see a lot of you, and I am so excited to be back with you now for the Endocrine Block. Hi, and my name is uh, Morgan Jones. I'm an endocrinologist here at the University of North Carolina. I uh, tend to have three major roles here, my clinical role in the inpatient and outpatient setting, my teaching role as the endocrine block director, and I also do some inpatient research in um, diabetes, particularly in glucose monitoring. It's so great to have you both here today. To dive right in, we recently wrapped up a world of synapses and neurotransmitters. Now we're headed into a world of glands and hormones. Tell us more about the endocrine block. Um, What should we expect to see in the coming weeks? So thanks for that question. Um, One thing that's nice about the transition, in my opinion, from neurology block to endocrine block is you can look at pathways in somewhat of a similar way. The big difference, of course, is that rather than everything be connected, you're going to see a series of glands that secrete hormones that then affect another gland, which then may affect even yet another gland. And so we're really looking more at pathways with multiple different um, hormones rather than, you know, a single nerve that may be moving somewhere. Although they also, as you all know, have many different effects downstream as well. So what you can expect is to look at um, our endocrine block in sort of two halves. The first half is going to be non-diabetes and metabolism-related endocrinology. And that tends to be stuff that starts up at the hypothalamus, moves to the pituitary, and then moves after that to a target gland, being the adrenal glands, the thyroid glands, and the gonads. In the second half of the block, we're going to move to that metabolism and diabetes side. We're going to start with some biochemistry and also learn about diabetes and obesity. Throughout this, we're also going to um, uh, try to make sure that we have a consistent way to deliver this material, starting with modules as your base for the um, material, moving forward to lectures, and then following that up and wrapping everything up with a small group session. We also will have um, some special topics towards the end of the block, being obesity medicine and gender-affirming care. Sounds very exciting. Um, and I know we're a little bit into the endocrine block right now. And earlier this week, uh, you kind of talked about the endocrine system and how it's, you know, different. It's not, you know, like just one organ or anything. It's very abstract. So up until now, we've learned about a lot of different systems in the human body. How would you describe the endocrine system in comparison to some of the other systems that we've already learned about? The immune system, nervous system, cardiovascular system. Should students approach learning about the endocrine system in a certain way? That's also a great question. I would say that the most important thing is to remember that the physiology is pathway-driven and understanding what factors lead to increase or decrease in hormone levels is extremely important from a physiology and then from a pathophysiology perspective as well. 
Mostly, we're going to be focusing on diseases that are either hormone excess or hormone deficiency, and realizing that hormone excess and deficiency may lead to some effects that aren't exactly the same as normal physiology is key to understanding these diseases. So really knowing what happens if there's excess cortisol, what happens if there's excess growth hormone, what happens if there's insulin deficiency, what happens if there's thyroid hormone deficiency. Those are just some examples of things that are really important for understanding this block. I would highly encourage that you approach each pathway separately at first and then integrate them all together. And if you can do that, I think you'll have great success within the block. Yeah, and I really love the physiology aspect of endocrinology, no surprise, but I like the logic of it and it is pathways and it's a one thing affecting another affecting another. And so that kind of logic and stepwise approach really appeals to me and I hope um, you all enjoy as well. On a logistical note, we saw that there are modules and homework assignments. With the modules, how should students go about incorporating this material into their learning? Are the homework assignments similar to the problem sets we've done in the past? Yeah, so Dr. Jones touched on this previously, but the modules are really the foundation. So they're meant to give that background information so that then you can apply that in your lectures and really in your small groups. Um, so I think those are very important and should be viewed prior to lectures and then small group. The homeworks are interesting, and I know that these are something new for you all, and they're slightly different from the problem sets that you've seen previously. Um, so rather than the problem sets that you've had previously that um, follow from some of the content delivered during lecture, um, and you're encouraged to work together on those. Um, those problem sets are different now from the homework assignments. The homework assignments in the endocrine block are introducing new topics. So it's less of reinforcing things that you've already learned and more of introducing new things. Um, and we also encourage you, instead of working together, these should be done alone. So those are the two main differences. They're introducing new topics that you haven't seen before, and they're also independent work. Of course, open book, um, but not open neighbor. And I'd like to add also that as far as content for the exams, the modules are important, the lectures are important, the homework is important, and the small group is important. At the end of each small group session, we post the answers as written by Dr. Moorfield and myself. And those are invaluable study tools. Remember that when we make the midterm and final exam, we are taking into account that you all have all of that material available to you. Thank you so much. Um, and going back to when you were talking, Dr. Jones, about the breakdown of this block and the two parts, uh, you mentioned biochemistry. Um, and it seems like biochemistry and anatomy and pathology are especially important in this block. And historically speaking, we know that biochem in particular uh, can be a little tricky to navigate. So do you all have any recommendations on how students should go about learning these subjects for the endocrine system? Yeah, that's a great question. And so we have a new um, biochemistry coil director, as you may know, Dr. Kalakalaglu. So we're excited to have her in the endocrine block. You all saw her in neuro. And she will be back in, in our block at the start of the third week. So after the midterm, that's when the biochem will come in. And, you know, there are a lot of details there. But I think she does a really great job of bringing in a clinical relevance and kind of spinning it in a clinical way that may be more helpful for you all to kind of solidify some of those kind of basic concepts. In your opinion, uh, what would you say are the highest yield topics for students to focus on in this block? I know everything is important, but if we had to choose the highest yield, what would we focus on? That's a good question, too. And I think I'd probably flip that to things that are maybe a little less high yield rather than saying this is extremely high yield um, because every single 
pathway is going to be high yield. So whether that be the pituitary, the thyroid, the adrenal glands, parathyroid and calcium, bone disease, um, and diabetes, those are all extremely high yield topics. The things that tend to be a little less high yield are obesity, and unfortunately, gender-affirming care is typically not represented very well on exams, uh, and hopefully that changes, but that's just not the way it is at this moment. Um, when it comes to diabetes, there's also some very high-yield subjects and a little things that are a little bit less high-yield. So the biggest high-yield subject that I would say from a diabetes perspective is hyperglycemia emergencies. So that's diabetic ketoacidosis and a hyperosmolar hyperglycemic state. Treatments and complications of diabetes are also relatively high yield, but compared to the hyperosmolar hyperglycemic state and diabetic ketoacidosis, they tend to be slightly lower yield in general from the endocrine block. More generally speaking, how should students go about studying for this block in terms of balancing lecture and small group materials, which you mentioned are invaluable, um, and third-party resources? Yeah, I mean, I think by this point, you all are very experienced. You all know what works best for you. And there are so many different study strategies. Um, I think go with what's been working well for you. Um, one thing I would say to get the most out of small group being prepared and kind of having that background knowledge so that you can apply it. I think that's really important. But again, you all know what works best for you. I'd like to add again, just to stress the fact that, you know, when we're making these exams, we are coming from the building blocks of the material that we present in class. And although um, other exogenous uh, study aids may be extremely high yield for step one, they may not be quite as high yield as our material is for our midterm and our final. Um, so using those materials is invaluable. When I was a medical student, I used them as well um, quite a bit. However, don't ignore any of the lecture material. Don't ignore any of the study materials or the homework or the small group because that is where we draw our questions from. And just to add one more thing to that, so I know that the there are some of the, the diabetes insipidus and some of the things that we have covered previously in renal, they may be even in the renal section in some of these other study aids, but those will be tested in this block as well. I know that you know we've seen some of these things, renin-angiotensin, we've seen them before, and we will see them again here, and they will be tested here. I, I think that's great advice for us to hear because thinking about the exams being an MBME, sometimes we might focus more on outside resources and not really give much attention to what's being done in class and, and doing more questions from your world as opposed to like taking everything that's presented to us as a whole. So that's, that's good for us to hear and kind of keep in mind. Um, in your experience, where could students struggle the most in this block? Are there some topics that students will need to spend more time on or learn in a different way to absorb them? So interestingly, since I've been block director, we haven't actually seen a consistent topic that has been um, leading to students' struggles year after year. And I think that's because whenever we do see a topic that folks struggle in, we try our best to make some slight changes to that. Um, I can say in the past, we have had some difficulty with a uh, calcium homeostasis and calcium regulation. Um, however, the year that that was the biggest problem, it was because um, our lecturer wasn't able to deliver the lecture that year and they had to do a recording instead. So it does kind of point out that if something is recorded last minute or there is a homework assignment like metabolic bone disease, don't ignore those topics just because we don't have a lecture in class about them. They still will be covered on the test. And I will just say, if anybody is struggling in any way, they should reach out to me and reach out to me early. The students who meet with me um, early with difficulties have tended to do much better than the students who contact me at the end of the block or post-exam. 
kind of change things up. On a fun note, uh, what is your favorite aspect of the endocrine system? What do you think students have to look forward to in this block? So one of my favorite things already happened. So the endocrine histology is one of my favorite things of the whole year. I know that, you know, um, being in a large room, it has its pluses and minuses. But I think that that activity, for me anyway, is is a really fun one. The other thing that I look forward to is the um, second half, so the diabetes portion. Uh, my previous research was on uh, stem cell therapies for diabetes. And so that connection really makes that portion meaningful to me. So anyone who ends up coming and seeing me in their third or fourth year, or if they come here for training and um, stay here and see me as an intern resident or endocrine fellow, will know that I tend to be more on the diabetes side than the endocrine side now in my practice. And I will say that I love the patient experience with a patient with diabetes. You really have to think about what um, therapy that they're going to respond to. Every single time, it's like a critical thinking problem. And it's just a great bond that you develop with your patient over the months and years. So at this point, I will say diabetes care is my favorite from endocrine in general. If I were to go um, 10 years ago when I graduated from medical school at the beginning of my training, I actually, my favorite thing at that point was um, thyroid cancer and adrenal glands. Um, and that's because I think uh, for the adrenal pathway, the HPA um, axis, is so easy to understand and so easy to see that if you're missing this hormone, this is what will happen. If you treat this deficiency, we can see excellent and quick recovery. So that's kind of a long answer to say now diabetes in the past kind of adrenal and thyroid cancer. Thank you for sharing that with us. Those are all the questions we have for you today, uh, but we would like to leave room now for you to share any other thoughts or insights that you might have about anything really medical school, life, medicine? Um, no, we are just really excited to have you here learning about endocrinology. So one of the things I'm excited about in this block is that next Monday is a well-being day for you all. So you'll kind of have the day off. And I think that makes the block seem um, a little bit more manageable. And, you know, we also have time built in both early in the block for modules. And then later in the block, there's independent study time. And so I think that that allows um, the pacing of the block to seem a little bit more manageable. And I would just like to say how excited I am as well to be back in the block. It's like I do it once a year, and I'm always so excited to see everybody. I've already had excellent questions, and people reach out to me. On a personal note or on an endocrinologist note, I'd also like to invite anybody interested in endocrinology to email me outside of the block. We can always arrange some endocrine experiences if people are interested in that. And thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you for putting that plug. And I think this is a great note to end on. Thank you for talking to us about this wonderful block. And I've been imagining like a cascade of dominoes with thinking about all these pathways and all the hormones and stuff that you're you're mentioning. Um, so Dr. Moorfield, Dr. Jones, thank you both so much for sharing some of your time and wisdom with us today. To our listeners, that was Dr. Emily Moorfield and Dr. Morgan Jones and a little snapshot into the endocrine block. My name is Anu. And my name is Peter. Please remember to follow the Tar Heel prescription on Instagram to keep up with our speaker highlights and upcoming episodes. Thank you again for tuning in today, and we will see you next time on the Tar Heel prescription.